You are listening to Jonah, a sermon series about the biblical account of Jonah. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. We're still in our series on the book of Jonah. And as we start today, I wonder how many of you would just admit that there has been a time in your life when you told somebody something very important. But instead of them listening to you, they didn't listen. Anybody raise your hand? A lot of ladies, man, because your husbands don't listen, right? Your husbands don't listen. Yeah, yeah. ladies are always telling their husbands important stuff. I remember uh, when Brianna Grace was real little, uh, maybe three or four, she had gotten a tea party set for Christmas. And man, she loved that tea party set. It had plates, it had cups, it, had, it even had a pitcher, you know, you could put water in and pour into your tea set. She loved it. And so I remember uh, she used to have tea parties with her stuffed animals, uh, and there were even times where I would have a tea party with her because that's how I roll. Uh, but I remember one day I was watching TV. It was a Sunday, and so football was on, and uh, I had just preached. And so uh, I don't know if you all know this or not. Uh, but preaching really kind of wears you out. If you've ever been a, a preacher or you ever preached, you kind of know that, uh, but you can ask our staff members. Sometimes after I preach on a Sunday morning, we have a, a staff meeting, and I'll go into it, and I'm like a zombie. That's what I look like. So, uh, but it really does wear you out. And so it was a Sunday afternoon. I was trying to relax. I was watching uh, some football, you know, and uh, I hear Amanda Amanda, you know, yelling about something, and I, but I really didn't listen, you know what I mean? I heard her yelling, I just knew Brianna was back in her room, and so she's playing, and so uh, I hear her yelling, but I'm not listening, and so then a, a little bit later on, uh, I hear Amanda yelling again, you know, but I'm just not, not listening, uh, because I'm into this football game, and I'm in my comatose state, you know what I'm talking about? And so I'm watching this show, I'm watching football, and then here comes Brianna Grace, and she's, she's got her tea set with her, you know? And so she says, here, Daddy, I got you some tea. She looks at me with that big smile and I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. Thank you so much. And so, you know, she said, here, drink it. And so she hands me this cup and there's actually water uh, in the cup. And I'm like, well, maybe if I drink it real quick, she'll leave me alone so I can watch this TV, this football, you know? So I drink the cup real quick and she goes back uh, to her room. I was like, thank you so much, Brianna. And so she leaves. Well, you know, uh, finally Amanda comes into the living room And she starts to sit down and relax with me. And then a little while later, here comes Brianna Grace again. And uh, she's got a a, a cup of tea, you know what I mean, a cup of water. And she comes over to me, and she's like, I got you some more tea, Daddy. And uh, she smiles real big. So, again, I take that cup, and I put it in my mouth. I drink it. And as I'm drinking it, Amanda says, don't drink that water. And I was, but it was too late. It was already in my mouth. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm like, wow, what's going on? She said, well, you know where she got that water, don't you? I'm like, no, I don't have any idea where she got that water. She said, she's been playing in the toilet. That's what I've been yelling at you. And I was like, you know what I mean? So I'm just, I thought, man, that better not have been real tea. You know what I'm talking about? Because I was like, that's nasty. Hashtag dad life. You know what I mean? But, but I was like, man, I didn't listen. I didn't listen. And a lot of times when we don't listen, we get in trouble, right? A lot of times when we don't listen, we get in trouble. And so today, I want to talk to you about what happens when Jonah doesn't listen to God. And I'm pleading with you the same way that 
uh, I'm, uh, that God was pleading with Jonah. You know what I mean? I'm pleading with you to listen. I'm pleading with you, don't drink toilet water. I'm pleading with you, don't end up in the belly of a fish. Listen to God's word and do what it says. And so as we look at this story, uh, as we continue to look at this story, I want you to see three things from chapter one, three things that are going to help us. And the first thing I want us to talk about this morning is the sleeper, the sleeper. I want to talk about the sleeper. In verse one of chapter one, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. And, and what does that word tell Jonah? Verse 2 says this. This is God speaking. He says, get up. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh. Now, now we've talked about Nineveh uh, you know, just about every week in this message. And what we have said is, man, these people were, were very mean. This was a, a city of violence. It was a brutal place. It was very, they were very cruel. One of their methods of torture was that they would literally peel your skin off of your body and leave you there to die. This was a very barbaric town. And so just looking at the town of Nineveh also intimidated people because scholars and commentators suggest that the wall that surrounded the city of Nineveh was wide enough for three 18-wheelers to drive on side by side. Some people say that the wall that surrounded the city was 100 feet high. So again, looking at this city, looking at this town, you would have been intimidated. And so Jonah knew of the wickedness of the people. Jonah knew of how evil the people were. And so he hated the people of Nineveh. So when God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh, what does he do? What does he do? Well, instead of going to Nineveh, instead of doing what God wants him to do, Jonah heads to Joppa to find a ship that is going to Tarshish. And not only that, but verse 3 tells us that Jonah paid the fare. Jonah paid the fare to get there. Now, I don't want you to, to think that that means that Jonah just kind of bought a ticket to, uh, to like get on a cruise ship. You know what I mean? And he was, just, he was just sitting on the deck enjoying some pina coladas and margaritas as he was on his, ways to, on his way to the shores of Tarshish. No, that's not what that means. What happened was commentators suggest that really Jonah chartered this boat, which meant that Jonah rented this boat. Jonah hired this crew to take him to Tarshish. Now, now this wasn't a sailboat. This wasn't a pirate ship that really harnessed the, uh, the, the strength of the wind to, to get it to its destination. This was probably more like a warship. And so this was a warship where the sailors literally, they literally rowed. How many of you have ever, ever seen that movie Troy, the movie Troy? Yeah, yeah, in that movie, man, those ships have a sail, but really what, what powers those boats is the rowing of the people, the rowing of the people. And so we talked about last week that Tarshish was basically on the other side of the known world as Nineveh. Tarshish was basically 2,000 miles away. Can you imagine Literally, how long it would take you to row, row, row your boat 2,000 miles away. Can you imagine, man? This would have taken forever. Scholars actually suggest that this trip took anywhere from one to two years to make. So think about this. Can you imagine how much this trip cost Jonah? Because he was going to have to feed all these sailors. He had to, to buy enough 
provisions for these sailors. He was not only going to have to do that, but he was also going to pay their wages and their salaries for however long it took for this trip to play out. Jonah paid the fare. He was so much against doing what God wanted him to do that he probably sold everything that he had just to rent this boat, just to hire these people. I want you to know that it cost Jonah to run from what God wanted him to do. But that is what sin does. Sin costs us. Sin costs us. It, 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 really, it really does. It costs us and it costs our families. You say, Pastor, my sin is my sin and it's not, it's not hurting anybody. Well, if you really feel that way, I want you to know that you are delusional, but I'm glad you're here anyway. Sin hurts you. Sin hurts the people around you. Sin will mislead you. Sin will deceive you. Sin will trick you. Sin will make you pay more than you want to pay and make you stay longer than you want to stay. Jonah was more concerned about what he wanted to do than he was about what God wanted him to do. And I want you to know that when that happens in our life, that is sin. Sin caused Jonah's life to head on this downward spiral, this downward spiral. He went down to Joppa. He went down into a ship. And folks, when he went down into that ship, you know what happened? He fell asleep. He fell asleep. And that might not sound like anything interesting to you. uh, But look at verse four. Jonah falls asleep. And the Bible says this, then the the Lord, anyway, I said Lord. Anyway, the Lord hurled a violent wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. Now let me stop, because uh, when I was coming up, there was a show that I really liked to watch. It was already kind of old when I was a kid, uh, but it was Gilligan's Island. Anybody remember that show, Gilligan's Island? Man, I loved that show. I really did. In every episode, that, that episode, the episode would start off basically by telling you how the people on Gilligan's Island ended up on this, on this, this deserted island, basically. It's like, just sit right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Anybody remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it says, you know, the mate was a mighty sailor man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour, a three-hour tour. Then it's like the weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. Man, I love, they don't make TV shows like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? I love that show. I loved it. I really did. But man, you know, this was a, 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 a storm on Gilligan's Island that caused them to be marooned again on this, this island. It was a rough storm. But the Bible that is described right here isn't just a rough storm. It's not just a, a tough storm. The Bible describes it as a violent storm. A violent storm that the Lord hurled upon them. This was a supernatural storm. See, these sailors had seen storms before. They had, they had seen storms before, but there was something different about this storm. This storm was so bad that it freaked everybody out. And while the sailors are doing everything they can, while they're doing everything they can to survive and to, to stay afloat, what is Jonah doing? Jonah is sleeping. He's drooling on a pillow. I want you to see this. Verse 5. Check it out. The Bible says this. The sailors were afraid. Here's this storm. 
And each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. Do you see what's happening there? You see that? Jonah is a prophet. Jonah is an Israelite. Jonah is one of God's chosen people. The captain and the crew, they are in the middle of this terrible storm. And this boat is being tossed back and forth. And Jonah is asleep. Think about that. Think about what that must have looked like if Jonah was sleeping in a hammock on that ship. That hammock had to have been swinging back and forth and back and forth. And what is Jonah doing? He's sleeping. If he was actually laying on a bed and that boat is going back and forth, what would Jonah be doing? Rolling back and forth. And he's still sleeping. Maybe he was in a sleeping bag. I don't know. And that thing was sliding back and forth on that wood. Jonah is sleeping man how in the world was he able to do this what kind of medication was he taking i'm serious man the captain and the crew man they're crying out for something to save them and jonah is sleeping well i don't know if you know this but i'm going to tell you that today all around us there are people who don't know god you've got people in your life People who live right next door to you, people who you work with, people who you go to school with, you've got family members, you've got friends who don't know God. There are people all around us and they are in the middle of a storm. There are people all around us who are crying out for something to save them. And instead of actually waking up and telling them about Jesus Christ, instead of waking up and actually doing what God would have us to do, instead of waking up and helping people in the storm many of us are sleeping see we might look at Jonah and think how in the world was Jonah able to sleep through this incredible storm how in the world did he do that but God might look at you and look at me and say how in the world can you sleep in the middle of the storm that people are going through right around you we need to wake up There are some people who think they're just pleasing God because they come to church on Sunday. we got to wake up. There are some Christians who never read God's word or apply its truth to their life. We've got to wake up. There are some people who have actually fooled themselves into thinking they're doing what God would have them to do, but they are not. We've got to wake up. There are people that God places in our life, and he wants us to tell them about the Savior, but we just don't take advantage of the opportunity that God has given us. We've got to wake up up. There really are some people who are lukewarm for Jesus. They don't want to do what it is that God's called them to do. We've got to wake up all around us. There is a world full of hurt. There is a world full of pain. There is a world full of darkness. And God has called us to be the light in this world. He's called us to make a difference. We've got to wake up. Jonah needed to wake up. Do you? Do you need to wake up? If you were really to sit down face to face with God the Father, would God look at you? And would God look at me? And would He say, You need to wake up? You know what's funny? In verse 6, the captain says, Watch this. The captain approaches Jonah and says, What are you doing? Sound asleep. Get up. It's funny 
that the captain says the exact same thing that God had previously said to Jonah in verse 2. He said, get up. Get up. So we talked about the sleeper. The next thing that I want you to see in our story is the sailors, the sailors, the sleeper and the sailors. See, when I picture this whole situation, when I think about these men, I think about some pretty rough dudes. I really do. Uh, these were the guys that would have been on that, that show, you know, oh, deadliest catch. You know, they would, have, they would have been the kind of guys that were on that big shrimping. You know what I mean? Like swamp people, except they would have been called sea people. You know, they, would have, they were just tough, man. I pictured guys who were pretty much fearless, but they find themselves in the middle of a storm, a supernatural storm. And it's so violent that it makes even these manly men tremble. Now let me ask you a question. Why? Why were these guys, why were these sailors in this storm in the first place? Why? See, follow me here because I really thought this was interesting. But in verse 4, the Bible says that God sent this violent storm to them. God hurled this violent storm on them. Well, why did God do that? Because Jonah, the prophet, was running. Because Jonah, the Christian, wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. It wasn't the sailor's fault that they were in the middle of this storm. It was, it was Jonah's fault. Listen to me. I wonder, I wonder if some of the storms that are going on in the lives of people around us, I wonder if some of those bad storms that some people are experiencing is not because God is trying to get the world's attention. I wonder if some of those people are going through those storms because God is trying to get the church's attention. See, sometimes Christians like to act as if they're better than other people, because they're they're, they're, just, they're just super spiritual. We look at people sometimes who are far from God, people who might be going through something difficult, and we say it serves them right if only they knew God. You remember last week we, we talked about the fact that there are some people in our life who, who we really don't care if they receive the blessing of God. We said, you know, that there really are some people that, you know what I mean, we, we wouldn't mind if God actually used us to send wrath into their life. And, and so sometimes we, we look at people who are going through a difficult situation and we say, well, maybe this situation will get their attention. Anybody ever said something like that? I know I have. I've looked at people who were going through a, a difficult time and, and I've said something like, well, maybe this will make them wake up. But what if? What if what if that situation that you and I sometimes see people going through was never intended to get their attention? What if it was intended to get our attention? What if it was never intended to wake them up? What if it was intended to wake us up? Please, please don't miss this. Jonah, Jonah, who, who was asleep in this story? Jonah. God sent a storm that was affecting all of these innocent sailors, if you will. You say, you say, you say, again, so who was at fault? Was it the sailors or was it Jonah? It was, it was Jonah, right? 
See, some people look at our nation and they say, man, our nation's in trouble. I, I still you know, kind of think that. Anybody, anybody with me, you know what I mean? Man, our nation's in trouble. It's the Republicans' fault. It's the Democrats' fault. Man, it's the media's fault. It's these people's fault. It's those people's fault. Maybe, maybe. But I just believe the Word of God. And the Word of God says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, God says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will heal their land. These sailors, while I'm sure they weren't perfect, while I'm sure they had a long list of problems in their, in their life, it's sad that these sailors, their, their lives was being affected. Their, their lives were literally in danger because one person, because Jonah the prophet wasn't doing right. I wonder how many casualties in this world happen because the church doesn't do what God wants it to do. I wonder how many lives are lost for eternity simply because you and I don't do what it is that God wants us to do. So in verse 7 of chapter 1, Jonah, these, these sailors, they, they basically cast lots because they want to see who's at fault for this storm they're in. And because God is sovereign, because God is in control, who do the lots end up on? They end up on Jonah. They end up on Jonah. And, and look at what the Bible says in verse 8. The Bible says, Then they said to him, Tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? And here's what he says. I'm a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this you have done? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you to get the sea to calm that's against us? For the sea was getting worse and worse. The storm is getting more violent and more violent and more violent. And he answered them. And he says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And it may quiet down for you. For I know that I'm to blame for this violent storm that is against you. Again, who's to blame? Jonah. Jonah. Who's to blame? The Christian. So Jonah says, hey guys, I got an idea. Just pick me up, throw me overboard, and things will, things will work out for you. Things will... Things will, things will be better. Now, folks, this is a short story. It's only four chapters. If, you, if you're, the pages in your Bible stick together, you'll actually miss this book. You'll actually miss it. Uh, so we don't, we don't have all, all the, the details, but when I read this story, I, I can't help but think that there, there had to have been one person on the boat after Jonah said this. It was like, man, that, We'll call his name Jethro. When he was like, man, you know, that sounds like a good idea. And he tried to push, push Jonah overboard. You know what I mean? And then everybody was like, hey, man, calm down. We're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that because look what happens in the Bible in verse 13. The Bible says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land. But they couldn't because the sea was raging against them more and more. So they called out to the Lord, Please, Yahweh, don't let us perish because of this man's life. And don't charge us with innocent blood. For you, Yahweh, have done just as you please. Then they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea stopped its raging. And this is the part where, jo where Jethro would have said, See, there I told y'all, so you should have listened to me a little while ago. Just kidding. Uh, but here's what verse 16 says. The men feared the Lord. Everything calms down. Immediately, the men feared the Lord even more. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. 
Now the Lord had appointed a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the fish three days and three nights. So we talked about the sleeper. We talked about the sailor. And as we close, I want to talk to you about the Savior. I want to talk to you about the Savior. The sleeper, the, the sailors, and the Savior. See, this story starts off with God seeing people who were far from Him. With God seeing these people with all their wickedness, with all their, their evil. God seeing the people of Nineveh. He sees those people, and in His love, and in His grace, and in His compassion, God asked Jonah to go and preach to those people. But Jonah runs. Jonah runs. Jonah flees. Well, to run from God, to flee from God, is actually to rise up against God. And so if you and I were writing this story, what would we have done to someone who just refused to listen to us? I mean, God could have destroyed the people of Nineveh, but he didn't. God could have destroyed Jonah, but he didn't. God could have done that, but he didn't. Instead, what does God do? He sends a fish. Again, if we're writing this story, we'd have sent a shark, right? We'd have sent a shark. But God sends a fish instead of destroying Jonah. Why? Why? Why would God do that? Because God had chosen Jonah to be the one to reach the people of Nineveh. God still wanted to use Jonah. Even though he ran, even though he had done wrong, God still wanted to use him. Well, here's what I want you to see. I want you to know that Jesus died for the church. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, the Bible says that Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. God has chosen the church. He's chosen the church to reach people who are far from him. Well, who makes up the church? A bunch of people like Jonah. A bunch of people who often run from what they know God is calling them to do. People like you, people like me, people who have all sorts of flaws and people who have all sorts of problems. But nonetheless, Jesus wants to use us to reach people for him. Just how God had chose Jonah, God's chosen the church. He's chosen you to make a difference. What would happen? What would happen if we submitted to God? And what would happen if we decided that we're going to follow him? What would happen if we decided, you know what, we're going we're gonna to listen to him? What kind of revival would take place? Because see, Jonah eventually listens to God, and he goes and he preaches in Nineveh, and everyone in the city gives their heart to God. What kind of revival would take place right here in Vicksburg, Mississippi, if you and I listened to God? What kind of revival would happen in this world if each and every one of us decided, you know what, 
We're going to listen to God. Jonah, again, he submits and great things happen. What would happen if we traded our will for God's will? What would happen if we truly listened to him? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But if you don't know God, I want you to know that his will for your life is for you to surrender to him. He's calling you today. Listen. Listen. And so if you're here today and you're, you're tired of running, you want to be saved, you want to receive salvation, right where you are, I'm just going to ask that you lift your hand because I want to pray for you. You need to stop running. Amen. Amen. You want to give him your heart. You want to be saved. If you just raise your hand, I'm going to ask that you pray right where you are. Father, today, forgive me from running from you. Forgive me for not living for you. Forgive me of my sin, all of it. And save me today. I surrender to you. I surrender to your will. And I ask, Father, that you would make me into a new person. That your Holy Spirit would fill my life with power and enable me to be who it is that you've called me to be. Thank you for what you've done on Calvary's cross. And I confess you as Lord. Thank you for saving me. Father, I also want to pray for each and every person in this room, the most seasoned Christian. Father, sometimes we know the things that you've called us to do, but instead of doing them, Lord, we run. Father, we get comfortable and we, we actually fall asleep spiritually. Father, we're asleep and we don't see the needs that you place right in front of us. Father, we're asleep and we don't see this terrible storm that people are in. So wake us up today. Wake us up to see people the way that you see people. Wake us up and help us love people the way that you love people. Wake us up and help us to be the church that pleases you. The church that you want us to be. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.